longer break than we anticipated yeah well i guess so april something may like 12 it's, like a, it's like a month and a half that's not terrible yeah it's like a lot more time than that has passed so much has happened since then yes <laughs> which is crazy but we are excited that you are back here with us yes and look forward to this episode of domu yes happy happy pride month to everybody <laughs> happy freaking pride month <laughs> sorry i like jumped the gun there because i got excited no i loved it we're so excited to be able to bring the pod back and to celebrate this month with you guys yeah mm. yeah we have a whole lot of updates for you guys um and are super excited to share so do we start with life or music therapy i think life music till proven therapy i was trying to decide like if there was an order in our name you go for it life works life well i don't really have a life update is it you me? do i got engaged ah! i know it was super sweet i got to go to australia have a lot of privilege it was incredible um i pet a capybara on the same day i got engaged oh and gosh. it was really really a great day for me the biggest shock to me was that the capybara was not the size of a hamster but in fact the size of you it was like the size of a calf yeah, we'll have to we'll have to post the picture. In oh, the, I would I would on the love. Po- on the Instagram. Fun fact about those lovely little hugest rodents in the world creatures: um, whenever you pet them, their hair stands up because they like it, and they look like you rubbed a balloon against them. That's so strange. What is the texture of their fur? It feels like wheat grass, like you're walking through a wheat field. Huh? Yeah, like straight up. Like I was like petting him, and I was like talking to my guy who was helping me, and I was like he's like grass oh <laughs> i think gosh. he thought that was a weird thing to say but he was like yeah they have like a really coarse fur hmm. super cool i would their skin's it, like purple too okay i'm done it's weird yeah is it pleasant to touch them uh they weren't soft but i got an immense amount of joy from <laughs> touching them. fun fact about them their nostrils are like made so they can hold their breath for up to five minutes so they can either dive from predators or just like chill underwater if they get hot wow where They're is really cool where's their natural habitat uh, I think Australia, but oh. other places too. But, you know, I'm not really sure. I knew, I've, i like, seen funny capybara, bara, whatever, I don't know how you say it, videos mm. of them, like, dancing to music. <laughs> That's all I really knew about them. And then I got offered the opportunity to touch one, and I was like, yes, I would like to do that. Yes. And now I, I will find out those facts and let you know. But no wild kangaroos for you. No, just um, ones inhabited. We drove far out of the city. We were in Sydney, Australia. We drove far out, and everyone was like, you're going to shoot wild kangaroos. We heard about a guy hitting one. Like, oh. nope. No, they're not like squirrels. No, kangaroos. They're like deer. Oh. So, like, they exist, but you don't always see them, you know? That was a dumb thing of me to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, we've talked a lot about this animal, but um, you got engaged to be engaged, married. Yes, to my sweet partner, Steven. I love him a lot. I met him here on a dating app, and I'm super excited. 
That's awesome. Yeah, it was on Beach at the Sunset in Australia, and it was quite epic, and he was nervous, and I knew about five minutes before that he was definitely going to do it, and yeah. it was adorable. Oh, so, I'm so glad. We love him a lot, yeah. The week before, Morgan's like, do I get my nails done? Do I not get my nails done? She's having like an existential crisis <laughs> about these freaking nails. Who wants to pay for nails? One, I'd only have my nails done, and two, I didn't want to pay for it. Okay, we're different people, as it's we know. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's <laughs> me. I have, like, hot pink chrome nails right now. She does. They're pretty epic, honestly. Yeah, I get comments on them a lot. Yeah. But anyways. Okay, music therapy updates. Ah. Oh, we're not done? That was, like, not nearly enough life stuff. Uh, oh, what else do we have? I mean, it's just really exciting that you're engaged. But try- <laughs> tell people what you're trying to do in the get next married? six months. Oh, I'm going to get married. But in what December? else? <laughs> So our first intern is starting in two weeks, which is so excited. And then I start grad school back, and maybe I'm adding an extra class because maybe I want to finish on time. Not, I, it, I'm not adding it. It was always the plan. But I'm also not going to TA this round, I don't think. <sighs> Stay tuned. And I am going to get married in December. It's going to be crazy, but we're going to do it. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But if anyone can do it, it's Morgan Maxwell. Thank you. I appreciate that. My um, wits might not be fully about me. I was talking to someone today, and I was like, I feel like my brain is 50% work and 50% wedding. And they're like, mm. oh, wow. And I was like, I'm scared for when school comes back because normally it's 50% school and 50% work. And they were like, oh, so it's going to be 25% work, 25% mm. school, and 50% wedding. And I was like, oh, gosh, you I only, might not make it. You only get married <laughs> once, though. It's such a fun season. I'm excited. We, we are picking the venue this weekend, so Good. stay tuned if we find one. Yeah. Yeah. Our engagement was like a year and a half, if not longer, so that period was very, very long, and yeah. so got to like enjoy it a lot, and um, for you, it's honestly short, sweet, and to the what's point. another S word that's like really fast? Uh, sassy. Psycho. Hey, that's a P Go away. I'm not psycho. Um, it's gonna be good though. I like have a good balance of celebrating with my people, and I'm, we're gonna do all the things. But that's why we didn't decide to get married sooner. Because I was like, I at least want six months. Because I want to. I do want to get to be engaged. Yeah. But also, like when you know, you know. And I'm ready to be married to this yeah, person. That's so fair. Yeah. Love it. We were in a very different stage of life because Tyler was still finishing school and stuff. Oh, so yeah. I'm like mid to <coughs> late twenties, and I'm ready we're closer to, be to mid. Closer yeah, to mid. Yeah, but technically, when you cross the threshold, like you're done for. So yeah. Here I am, a late twenties music therapist. Oh, and Lord. in talking about music therapy, can we transition? Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Talk yeah, about yeah. your music therapy self. Um. So today that we're recording is, um, June seventh, and yesterday, June sixth, I celebrated my one year work anniversary at Wolfson Children's Hospital. <laughs> which is super exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's insane to think that I've been here a year because. I did my six-month internship, and that was the longest I'd ever done music therapy for. Mm-hmm. And then I had my first job, and I did that for, I think, nine months, technically. What is August? Yeah, August to May. So September, nine. October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Yeah, yes. nine months. So that job. was the next longest, and now I've been here a year. Mm-hmm. And don't have any, like, immediate intentions of leaving. So Not here leaving for me. the, yeah, here for the long, long haul. Um. At least the foreseeable long haul. Yes, yes. <laughs> what we know for the next now. Yeah. You're here. So, yeah, it's crazy because I, you know, I thought internship I learned a lot. And then in working I thought I learned a lot. And now I, I really feel like I've learned so much. I don't think I'm the same music therapist now that I was a year ago. Yeah, tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, especially not two years ago. So Yeah, what about three years ago? Can't even remember that far back. Wild, so. I know, right? 
Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just been basking in it. It's been an extremely difficult last few weeks. If you follow me on Instagram, um, at Danielle MTBC, I think. Um, you both, right? Yeah, um, two ends in my name, by the way. Uh, I posted kind of like a like on my story about like how I was in a really tough season, blah, blah, blah. Got a really lot, lot of sweet messages and um, it's just been, it's just been tough. And the feedback that I've gotten is that it's been pretty tough everywhere. And I don't know, we, we talk all the time about how things come in waves mm-hmm. and we've definitely are in what? a wave, yeah. hopefully on the end of it. We'll see. Um, and so I, I know we're not alone in that, but it's definitely been one of the most challenging times I've had in this job, which makes the one year anniversary a little bittersweet. Yeah, for sure. And it's wild to like, time passes so oddly. Like I know you've been here a year, but it also, it both feels like you have and haven't because yeah. of how the way that time passes. So yeah, it wasn't necessarily the way to celebrate the mark. But yeah. yeah. You know, it is, you know, like yesterday I celebrated by co-treating with PT and then we attended an honor walk and then I led a group on a Taylor Swift song, you know, so wild. And we ended the night with Margs and tacos. So you know, it, it's, I think that's honestly quite the representation. Yeah, it's a <laughs> like, pretty good balanced year. Yeah, well, yesterday is, yeah, quite the representation of the 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 two ends of our job. For it was sure. was Honor Walk, Behavioral Health. Group, yeah, that's, yeah. that's been your year, my love. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild. Um, where were you, like, a year in? I was burning out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of on the same. I... I'd had a really tough March. I had – I don't think I've lost my major burner patient yet. I had just had, like, a really tough – I'm trying to remember everything. So here's the thing. The longer that I'm here, the harder it is to delineate between the years and the months and the time. But I just remember I was, like, praying I could make it to year two. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. I was like, my goal is to be here for two years – I'm by myself. My biggest goal is to build the program to be more than just me. I was like, if I can successfully do that, then I want to leave knowing that it will all be okay. And then I, my job got better. Like, mm-hmm. a year in, I was definitely on the fast track to burnout and knew that my main way out was to take care of myself but also to, like, get myself help. And so I put a lot of my efforts into getting myself help. But mm. paid off, so. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I just remember there being so many deaths right around my my one year as well. Mm. And just being like, what am I doing? Yeah. But also not quite ready to give up yet. I will say the existential crisis I've had recently is, is it enough? <laughs> what what part? All of it? Is this job enough? What and do you I, mean, bro? I mean, is it enough for me to continue? Is Are the high points Mm. enough to overshadow and like offset the really really bad because I I had four deaths in seven days and for me not being an ICU therapist this is while Morgan was living her best life in Australia and got engaged and and I was covering my normal areas but then in the ICUs whenever deaths came along I was in charge of taking care of them and I had even passed one off and I still had four so which which is a lot for me and it's a lot for anybody okay thank you yeah uh uh-huh um 
and uh, and like the reason it was so hard is because one of them was just a really traumatic sight like straight out of a horror a horror film yeah um which is just really difficult to like get out of your head and just really hard to cope with because it's like how can that evil exist on this planet and so I was really struggling for several weeks after that with grappling with myself of like are the good moments that I have worth that because I felt in such a, like a deep dark hole mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get out of it like I knew I just had to give it time but I and while I was in the midst of it I was like is this even worth like the wins because the same day that all of the deaths started I did you know at a two in a day the same time I had two in a day I had like my biggest most successful patient discharge ever but it was in the middle of two deaths mm-hmm. it's and, often sandwiched like that which stinks yeah at least when I was by myself. That was how it always happened. I would have a birthday of a kid I'd been following a long time on the same day as someone died that I'd yeah. been following for a while. And then a discharge, like a victory lap or some celebration of their success yeah. midst all of it. It was wild. Yeah. And the Straight page- up a, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say something I shouldn't say. So go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the patient that discharged was I worked with for six weeks uh, during her bone marrow transplant. And it was like everything I would ever want as a music therapist. It was... Mm. I did with her. It was songwriting. It was procedural support. It was verbal processing and emotional support. It was um, relaxation during panic attacks. It was family support. It was a recording project. It was a heartbeat song with the song that she wrote. Like it was literally like some of the best moments I've ever had as a music therapist. And she discharged the day that I had two end of lives. And so then it was just like overshadowed. But then I was just like cast into this downward spiral of like, darkness yeah of trying to cope with the disenfranchised grief and yeah from not only your multiple deaths that had stacked and stacked and stacked but also your discharges that were also a very big deal that you were so glad they go home but also there's like a piece of music therapy identity or comfort that goes Mm -hmm. when your long-termers leave there just is because you know what to expect in your days and then oh my god you don't it was such a transition I'm like I saw this this patient three times a week because she was just so high need and I was her person and just proceed you know anything that came up I was I was there yeah um and so to transition to not having that patient to like almost rely on like I knew that that would be a part of my day in my week so I could I could like schedule other things around it it was like a thousand percent a form of like structure and then it was gone but then it was just a lot of a lot of death anyway and death is just chaos at the hospital like it's a hurry up and wait it's a I don't know what I'm walking into sometimes you do but it's definitely the opposite of structure yeah yeah and what I struggled with like because of that was like was that one really happy six weeks and like discharge does that make up for the darkness that I feel because of these end of lives that I'm seeing yeah I think the most important part when you're in like the death spiral or like when you're just in the gray is um letting not that not be the choice that you choose I'm sorry letting that not be the time that you make the choice Uh, 100% because like a week and a half after two weeks after like where we are now a week and a half after you're in a very different place oh my god 100% it's wild because for me as a Morgan and a music therapist, things hit me in a delay. So, like, mm. I was confused that I got engaged for about two days. And two days later, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm straight up engaged. When a kid dies, I'm, like, in work mode, do the things I need, provide support. And I get, like, upset sometimes the day of. But more, it's just, like, emotions slap me in the face. And they're not mine, and I have to get them out. So I'll get upset, I'll cry or whatever I need to do. 
Um, but usually two days later or even a week later, I just have a day where my I physically feel crummy or I'm really angry, I'm grumpy, and I'm like, okay, let's reflect. Mm. In the past week, have I had anything traumatic that I have seen or a death I have witnessed or withdrawn or whatever? Like, And usually the feeling is that I'm so familiar with the feeling now. I know what it is and I can mm. kind of mentally process through it faster. But, yeah, I have a delayed effect. It's wild. Where I struggled was like – I didn't have time to process it at work, and I did not want to process it at home. But then what? Yeah. Then you get the delayed responses that are, like, out of left field, and you're like, what is this? And then you have to sit down with yourself and be like, oh. It found me. Yeah. And so I, I, I still don't even know what to do with that. I, I ended up scheduling a therapy session, which was really helpful and, like, gave me the space to process it. But it's hard whenever, like, work is so go, 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 and you don't want to bring it home. It is especially because when you set that boundary, that's just a lovely boundary that I very much believe in that work is work is home is home. And like sometimes they overlap like in these instances that, that are hard, but often I'm pretty good at checking things at the door and maybe they bother me that night, but it doesn't last with me through the next day. But the second I walk in the door, it's like a weight settles on you mm-hmm. and you're like, where did that come from? Like I, I was happy before I walked in this building. Yep. What happened? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it, it's just the weight of what you saw. It's the weight of what you experienced, and it is because you haven't processed it. I haven't. Like, I, I, it depends on the death, but I do that, too. Yeah. And it's just hard to balance. It is. And for me, like, when I experienced so many at once, like, I had a day where I did four in one day, and it was unreal, and I would never do it again. I was being ridiculous doing it. I knew I was, but I am myself. And... I was so proud of myself at the end of that Mm. day. I called my best friend, Caleb, and I was like, I'm okay. Like, I – it was a long-termer and three just randoms that – one was a NICU, one was long-termer, and then two in the PICU. And I was just, like, just doing it. And I was like, I'm just going to get through it. One of of our coworkers had just started her job, and I was like, I am not going to put her through this. Like, she just started. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm fine he's like "Mm -hmm, okay okay let me know if you need me I'm like thank you like like 14 hours later I got a killer migraine and I was like what is this and my sweet sweet partner like was like okay go lay in a dark room I'll fix you dinner whatever and I slept for like a day but that was my grief isn't it insane that we applaud ourselves whenever we don't feel anything over a death it is beyond wild actually it's ingrained for for me and my experience and I think for yours that like the hospital culture is to get over it and move on. Yeah. And it creates a really weird thing because logically we know pediatric death is the worst the world has to offer. Yeah. Some it's of the worst. and not okay. And But we're like, oh my gosh. Like whenever I, like in my four in that week, mm-hmm. the first two, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even feel anything. Like you're like, look at me go. Look at me go. Death. I don't care about kids dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus it's bad it's bad it is I was talking to one of our coworkers today and we were talking about like how to create space in the hospital but I was telling her I was like you know it's crazy that I am a person that really strives to hold space for this hard stuff in the hospital because in my brain when I become completely numb to it is when I need to go like mm-hmm. that's it for me um because I want to be genuinely and authentically with my families in in all of it in a way that is safe for me but also supportive to them but I was talking to her about how when I call my best friends and I'm like, hey, I had this really hard day. And one of them work, they've seen 
some different things, but similar things. And so I talked to him about it and, um, I tell him and he's like, yeah, wow, that sounds hard. And like, it's still so normalized. Like even with my support system, like they're all like, yeah, wow, that's hard. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, a kid died today Mm. that I saw. Yeah. And like, I feel bad for thinking that's a big deal sometimes. Yeah, because the hospital creates that culture. Because then it's like, well, kids die everywhere every day. You signed up for this. This is what we do. It's the you signed up for this. Because, like, my brain will be like, Morgan, you're choosing this. Like, I'm having this little baby existential crisis about working in the picky right now. I'm trying to navigate what's best for me and what I what I genuinely love about being a music therapist. And, like, is this it? Because I love parts of this. But within that, my brain's like, well, one, you can't handle it, which is stupid. Mm. And two, like, it's just so... It wants so much to be numb, even though I know that's the opposite of me. But also, I think it's just defense mechanisms because my body knows the pain that it sees and then it puts on and that that's not a super sustainable thing. Whenever you said, like, a kid died today and I saw that blah, 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 I was like, yeah, but I can't go there. Yeah, because what's there? Weight and heaviness and hopelessness. Right? Yeah. And so, like, sometimes I think, and Danielle and I have talked about this, we try to create the space, but sometimes you just don't want to inhabit it. Yeah. Like, I saw this really hard thing. We had a, a hard thing happen this past week. I saw this really hard thing. It reminded me a lot of other hard things that I'd seen. And I have, I just didn't want to talk about it. Like, people were like, are you good? I'm like, I'll be fine. Like, it's chill. Um, I really don't want to touch it because I yeah. knew if I touched it, there was going to be more to it. And I was like... I don't really want to go there. Like, I just want to get to do my job. Also, when you have a lot of deaths, sometimes I get mad and I'm like, I just want to freaking do my job. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be emotional anymore. But it is your job. Ah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not all my job is. And I think that's the hard part. This is the the existential crisis of the ICU. But the hard part is I want my job to be more than death. And it is because I'm so passionate about chronic kids and sedated kids and those in altered consciousness or disorders of consciousness, all that jazz and kids with traumatic brain injuries. Like, there's just so much there. But when there's death, 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 I don't I don't get to do those or adventure those or create that advocacy or relationship with my staff because they're like, oh, hey, angel of death, like, welcome back again. And I'm like, woof. That's a big yeah. woof. And you almost need the, like, the other to counteract. You don't almost need the other. You do need you the other. You absolutely need the yeah. other. For At sure. least, I don't know about all you out there, but... Momo does. Momo yeah. needs together. No, for sure. Yeah. Today was well. Okay, and so like all this to say, with my one year, lol. Um, we got dark. Well, I know. <laughs> all that to say, like where I stand now, <laughs> is a lot better. Like I, I'm out of the, the dark. Dare I say, for yeah. now. Um, Ebbs and flows. Yeah, and like today I had some really great sessions, and y'all, for the first time today, I got asked, um, how, like where babies come from. Um, which is awesome. (laughs) It was great. Um, but today I just had like a really quote normal day in Hemoc where I saw my kids and I talked to my nurses and I did the music therapy I was quote trained to do. Peds world. It's so wild to think I'm coming up on almost three years, three years in August. And there's this place that like I say it ups and flows. I feel like it's all I say lately, but when the dust settles, you get to have a normal day, mm. but the dust gets kicked back up again. And so there's never, 
I love it when people talk about this at work and just ask. They're like, oh, my gosh, things are so different. And on the team or the culture, uh, not just of our team, but of the hospital in general. And it's like, yeah, they are. But nothing ever stays the same. Mm. And I sometimes think that that's the team that we were on, the department we're in. Sometimes I think that that's the unit I'm on. And the longer I'm here, the more I'm like, ah, pediatrics is just eternally changing, always and forever. 100%. Yeah. That's a lot to cope with. But also, like, whenever I think about it, would I rather everything change all the time or be working at a desk job that's the same every single day? Monotony. It's, like, my biggest fear. And yet, some days when the chaos is too much, when you're in the darkness, you're like, wow, I'd really just love to do some menial tasks right now. (laughs) It's like we're, we're searching for the balance of, like, not too monotonous but not too chaotic. And honestly, like, whenever I look at my mentor's, I feel like this is just how it is until maybe you reach a certain point and you're able to cope with the, like the seesaw a little bit more. It's interesting because in my time I can feel, I said this earlier, I can feel when I have a death or something hard happen the way my body seesaws and I can feel it happening and it's like I know how to cope with it because I'm more aware of the way it hits me. Some of them, that doesn't count. Sometimes I see one and I'm like, that was super traumatic and I hated that and it's going to mess me up. But the other ones, I'm like, we just pass glide on through and they do not come back. It is not a delayed response. And I wonder if that response to my job in the ICU, if that seesaw is what it's going to be like one day in in working in Pete's, that I'm Mm going to finally settle into the fact that nothing will ever be the same. But like, I have peace somewhere in that. And we acknowledge that we're, like, 20s, three year <laughs> to, you know, or, like, four years total, two years total in the field. Like, yeah. and I feel like this will this will change. I mean, heck, this podcast is aimed towards the people in the same boat or the students or the interns. So, like, I know there's people, like, not who've been doing this for 30 years. I mean, they're probably not listening because they may have different – they do have different life experiences. You know what I mean? A thousand percent. Yeah, so we – I don't know. So we acknowledge that this is just how it is for us now. And it doesn't – It won't be how it always is. No, it's – everything changes. Always. Let us take a moment, though. In all of the hard, something that somebody – reached out to me and said her name her name is Gina LaCour do you remember her from Belmont I know that name she was she worked in the office so I worked for her when I worked in the school of music office at oh Belmont. my gosh yes yes and she messaged me and she was like keep doing what you're doing you will never know the impact that you have on your families mm. and that has stuck with me ever since I read it because that is almost the thing holding me together because while we do see really hard things and it's really difficult to cope with what a privilege to be able to provide families with a heartbeat recording of their patient of their child's last few heartbeats. Yeah. What an honor and privilege to be able to provide something and give something when in general the hospital tends to take everything away. What an honor it is to help a kid feel like a kid in the middle of a procedure or something that they would feel completely fear from if you weren't there. What a privilege to be able to write a song whenever somebody can't even speak their fear or their anxiety into words but they put it into song and it feels validating what a privilege to help a kid finally feel safe enough to fall asleep when they've just been screaming for two days what a privilege to use freaking music every single day in our jobs we 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 get so much crap about like play me a song play me a song elevator musician guitar lady in the hospital not our patients yeah 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 um and like that wears on you but like also 
right. Like we do get to do something fun. Like we get to use cool. music. Like how freaking amazing is that? That's really dope. And sometimes, you know, like today I had nurses bothering me like, will you please play something for us? And they were so genuine. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Stare you in the eyes and serenade you? Like mm-hmm. that is so awkward. But then I'm like, you know what? Maybe they. <laughs> maybe they need it. They need it. Maybe. I've had, I've worked in the ICU now for a minute and I've had a couple times where nurses will just be like, can you just, can you just sit and can you just play a little bit something on the guitar? They're like, I don't even care if it's a song. That's just so much weight. And we've had a lot of loss in the past little bit and. I haven't, and that maybe that's something you think about doing this week, but, like, just to give people the safety of, like, a musical hammock, like, a space that is just a breath of fresh air, not of the beeping, of the exhaustion, of the death, of what a whatever, like, what a privilege to provide a safe place for them. In some procedures lately, I've provided support and felt like I did nothing. Mm-hmm. But you, you just play, okay. Are you playing music throughout? Is that pretty much yeah. what you're able and, to do? And, you know, we, we talk about it, like setting a musical baseline, trying to provide that relaxing environment. And I helped with an NG lately. And an NG is when they drop a tube from the nose down the esophagus into your stomach. It's awful. There's it nothing. There's Nobody nothing that it. you can do to help Nobody whenever somebody's it. up in your face like that. But we walked out and I was like, I to the nurse, I was like, I don't know if I actually did anything. She said, well, you did something for me because it definitely helped steady me as I was forcing this tube down this patient with down syndrome's nose yeah while they you know cried and and tried to and had to be held you know yeah and i think it's an interesting conversation the concept of staff support and i think there's a lot there to talk about but i really think that there are impacts that we can never see that we do and it's not just our kids it's also our staff and it's also what happens because of what we're able to do maybe that steadiness that you helped a nurse find helps them to be kinder to the next person they talk to or have more patience for a family that day or maybe their support you provide to a family helps that family to be kinder to staff you know like it flows it's it's karmic if you will but it's hard because we've talked about like sometimes you'll never actually know the difference that you made like well in general but specifically in a procedure it's like I don't feel like I did anything but also I wouldn't know because, like, I would have to witness it without me there and yeah. then play the exact same scenario back and be there. My favorite is when you walk out of a procedure and the parent or the nurse says, that has never gone that well before. Yes. And you're like, nothing much happened. Yeah. But I guess that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> so it's definitely hard not to get that gratification, but it's good to put it into perspective. To full circle a little bit, um, when I first started dating Steven, my partner, who I am now engaged to, oh, my gosh. We, um, early on, he was with me through the hell storm. That was the first year of my job. And the thing he would always say, we'd hang out hard night. He'd come over and support me. And, um, he'd be like, I know you hate hearing this sometimes, but hashtag honor your impact. And it's something Mm. he always would say. And I kind of forgot about it until you talked about what Gina said. And I was like, oh my gosh, Steven coming through the cracks. Every time he would be like, you will never know what you did, but you have to honor that you did something. And yeah. that means a damn lot in where you are. Um, I think the hardest space sometimes to hold in the children's hospital is when you feel like you're fighting for something that nobody else is fighting for. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily true, but sometimes I feel like we provide a level of humanity that others try to provide but can't or maybe there isn't a priority at the time because there's a medical need happening or it's just something that they can't but it's like there's a level of I'm with you that we get to give through the music that 
I honestly don't know what else gives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and to close this out, I think that earlier I said, I don't know if it's worth it or whatever I said. Yeah. I think like moments like this where we get to honor what we do and like point out the impact that we do make, but we don't realize it helps. It helps. It makes it feel worth it. And so today I think music therapy is worth it. My job is worth it today. And I'm really proud of the progress I've made over the last year. What an affirmation that is. Yeah. Can you say it again? Do you remember what you said? Not a, not a clue. Okay. Well, we'll listen back and hear it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> you threw me off. That was just a really good affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about what I learned this year, but we went off like hardcore. Yeah. 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 We went like on a big L of death. But. So, you know what? How about if you, I'm going to drop after this um, episode drops, I'll post on our story. Like, what do you want to know after a year? Like a person who is like one year in their job. Like, what do you want to know from someone who's done that? And then we can talk about it next time. Sure. I love that plan. We can reflect on all the things. Yeah. I do want to say thank you to everybody who has listened and will continue to listen and who listens to this because honestly, like Danny said, the ability to speak it out loud I didn't realize how much it can make it worth it, and it really can help us to honor our impacts, but after not doing it since March, April, I'm like, damn, this feels good. Yeah. I remember why we started doing this. Me too. We missed yeah. you guys. Yeah, we missed this. <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. See you later.